0: Hey everybody, happy Sunday. Welcome into To The Point. Hope you're all doing well. I'm your host, Noel Warren. It is Sunday, April 16th, halfway through the month already. And tomorrow, the Stanley Cup playoffs start, finally. The regular season's over. The We kind of care about this game, but we're sitting out, guys, and we've no matchups forever, and we kind of have to care, but then don't care. That posturing, that what's going to happen, we know what's happening, it's over. The playoffs begin. We have our eight series this week, four tomorrow, four on Tuesday, and we'll have playoff action through tomorrow until June, which is fantastic. The best time of the year for hockey. The game intensifies. The games mean more. The great players break out. The not-so-great players shrink. In the big moments. And I think it's going to be a fun postseason. I don't think, even though the Boston Bruins are the best regular season team in NHL history, they had an incredible year, some incredible performances from individual players, as I talked about on Friday's pod with, you know, Pasternak, the year he had Linus Allmark. I don't think there's a prohibitive favorite. Going into these po- to this postseason, I, I truly don't. Yes, the Bruins are fantastic, and they look overwhelming. But can they be had in a postseason series? Absolutely. And we're going to go through all of it today. Go through all all the series. I'll talk about who I think will actually win the cup, who will be in the Stanley Cup final. I'll go through the entire thing. So lots to dive into today. And let's start with the series that we've known was happening since about January. So thanks, Gary Bettman. Debbie, the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Toronto Maple Leafs. A rematch of last year's first round. Two teams that enter this postseason in dramatically different spaces. Tampa is kind of crawling into the postseason. They've been to three straight Stanley Cup finals. They've been through wars. They've been through it all. I think the Maple Leafs are entering this postseason better than they ever have. They look extremely confident. They're healthy, minus Matt Murray, but do you really even want him? Everybody's playing well, good energy. Marner didn't get to 100 points, but hey, you know what, 99 ain't bad. So you have a, a bunch of good, positive storylines entering the postseason. And you look at this series, and it on paper, It's, I'll be honest, it's a mollywap for the Maple Leafs. The only reason that this this series, to me, is regarded as a tight series or even that close is because Toronto's lack of killer instinct, Toronto's inability to win a playoff series, the Maple Leaf fans not believing in their team. These are the narratives, to me, why this series is regarded as something that could even be that close. Toronto is the better team, period. I predicted before the season that the Maple Leafs would win at least one playoff round. I'll reveal after this if, you, if I still think that is that's true. But looking at this series, Tampa has one edge. But that one edge has been evident all season long, and it's, it's a clear edge over any team in the NHL because Andre Vasilevsky is the best goaltender in the sport. It's not a debate. It's not a discussion. It isn't Shesterkin. It isn't saying, I don't care who you want. Andre Vasilevsky, the best goaltender in the National Hockey League. He's not going to win the Vesna. I don't give a shit. He's the most clutch goalie in the world. But that is the only edge that Tampa has over the Toronto Maple Leafs in this series, truthfully. And I'm going to go through it here. Tampa's biggest weakness from past years is their defensive core. They don't have Jan Ruda anymore. They don't have depth pieces that really make you fear them. It's it's a team that you look at it, Hedman's fantastic. is very good. And Chernak is always steady. But Bogosian, Ian Cole... Perbix, inexperienced, and two older defensemen that are not exactly fleet of foot. Two guys that aren't game breakers, that are very much on the ice to try not to allow a goal and get off the ice. And that can work to a certain extent, but they don't have as much greatness on that back end as they used to. Ryan McDonough was so fantastic for that team because he did everything right. He, did, he was the TJ Brody of the Maple Leafs, but better. He just he made everything simple. He blocked shots, got pucks out of his own zone, and he made his defensive partner look better than he actually was. So, I appreciate Tampa, their greatness, Vasilevsky. But their biggest flaw and the biggest reason why they should lose this series is their defense core. Because Toronto's isn't perfect. And it's been talked about ad nauseum. You know, t- people talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs like they talk about, like uh, people talk about, you know, political decisions. Like they talk about Bu- Anwiser Bush Bud Light ads nowadays. That's how much these get talked about daily basis. Toronto, this, Toronto, I don't care. I don't get into it that much on the show because I don't really care. But if you compare it, Toronto does not have a number one defenseman. They haven't had one in 15 years. I used to be a Leaf fan. They didn't have one when I was a kid. Thomas Carabelle was not a number one defenseman. They still don't have one. Morgan Rielly, solid defenseman. He's like a number three on a really good team. He's not even number two, if you ask me. He's a good good defenseman. Jake McCabe, solid defenseman. TJ Brody, solid defenseman. Giordano, old but solid. Luke Shen knows his his role. And then you got Justin Hall, who Leaf fans hate, which I get, but also he takes way too much criticism. He's actually a pretty good player. But Leaf fans like to harbor on the lower end people and don't focus on their stars who haven't been able to get the job done for the last four or five years. But that's a whole other podcast. And pointing out obvious facts to Leaf fans is hard at the same time. So... So now I look at this. If I just compare it, Hedman's better than anybody on the lease, yes. I think Sergachev is better than anyone on the lease. You can make an argument. Chernak is better than anybody on the lease. But the bottom three, I don't think any of those bottom three, D, the Bogosian, Ian Cole, Perbix are better than anybody on the Maple Leafs. Even Hall. I take Hall over Bogosian. I take Hall over, over Ian Cole or Perbix quite frankly. And the Maple Leafs have depth. They have Lilligren. They have guys that can be inserted into the lineup. Tampa doesn't. Tampa doesn't have a whole lot of help. They have can be Phillip Myers, Darren Radish. It's a bunch of guys that haven't played a whole lot of NHL hockey and aren't really ready to step in for the role. So they're limited. They don't have depth. And for Toronto, the key here, they need to they need to use their speed. Looking at Tampa's defense, use your advantage, use your speed. Marner, Matthews, Bill Nye, the science guy, Lafferty, Yarncroak. Use the speed. Make Tampa. Make Tampa's defense. Make quick decisions, because that can be the biggest problem. You have an Ian Cole who holds the puck too long. What's he going to do? It's what people compare. Uh, people say about Justin Hall, where he has the pucks too much. He makes a mistake when he has it. Yes, he, he does occasionally, but that's because the game is so quick. And the biggest thing you you want to do to a defenseman is limit his options. Sometimes the defenseman can overthink it. To me, when you have a, a defenseman that's slow, that is one way of doing it, have his only choice to hit it off the glass or make him make a tough pass that turns into a turnover. You get offensive zone time. Who knows? Maybe it's in the back of your net. That's how I'd approach this series. They're a different team than before. They're not as fast. They're not as detailed. They're not as structured. So attack that weakness. On the other side, Looking at the forward groups, Tampa still has a lot of really good players up front. Stamkos, fully back, really another really solid season. Braden Point, my guy, I love him like a son. He's the most clutch player in the in the postseason last three to four years. Look it up if you want to pick somebody else. Try Kucherov, Kalorn, Sorelli, but again. With this team, you have greatness at the top. But after you go Corey Perry, you're older, still still does his things right, but he's a year older. Maroon, Belmar, is Tanner Janot going to be healthy? This team is getting older by the day. They're not as deep as they used to be also up front, and that's another problem with the salary cap, where you win, you're successful, you get penalized for it. Again, a whole other podcast. But this is the world that we live in. Toronto losing, oddly enough, has a benefit over Tampa, who's been winning. Because Toronto has been able to add more to their team because they have more resources to do it. So, to me, Tampa, if they're going to win, their top end D has to be fantastic. Vasilevsky has to be really good. And their forward group, their stars have to be stars. Out play 16, 34, 91, and 88 on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Out play them. Point be great. Kucherov be great. Killar and Chip in, who didn't have a goal the entire postseason last year. Sorelli, go up against Matthews. Shut him down. Head-to-head, shut him down. I think it can be done. I'm not saying completely, but Sorelli is one of the best defensive centers in the NHL, period. So pick a center and, tr- and do your best to shut him down. But you look at least Lafferty, Achari, Camp, Yarncroc, Matthew Nyes, potentially, I just think there's there's more, there's more there. There's more depth. There's more possibilities for the Toronto Maple Leafs than the Tampa Bay Lightning. Another key I have in this series, Toronto. Get a lead in the series and attack. Don't wait. Toronto had a 1-0 series lead last year, 2-1, 3-2, and they lost the series. Every one of those closeout games, they did not come out with a purpose. Every game they had a lead in the series, don't let your foot off the gas. Just because you have a 1-0 series league does not give you the right, does not give you the option to just say, you know what, let's just mail this one in because 1-1, we got the split. No. You have all mice, there's another advantage. You get a lead in the series, don't let up. Crush their spirit. Make them believe they don't have a chance. That's the only way you beat a team like this, because Tampa has won Everything. They've done it all. You haven't done jack shit. You haven't won a playoff series. Okay, Matthews has won a Hart Trophy. He's won a Rocket Richard. Great. Scored 40 goals this year. That does a whole lot of good until you get here. You need to close the deal. Play with a purpose. Play with Moxie all seven fucking games. Not six, not three. You need four wins. Four out of seven. They haven't been able to do it. And if they can't do it this year, they never will. Because it'll truly tell you that they don't have the moxie. They don't have the killer instinct. They don't have what it takes to win. Because you got a better team. You got a healthier team. You got home ice advantage. And Cooper's a better coach, but okay. Your goaltender's playing better than Vasilevsky going into the playoffs. There's that. You have almost every advantage in this series. There is no reason for Toronto to lose this series. None. And I think they will win this series. Tampa's going to have to do a lot to win it, they're going to need a lot of breaks. They're going to need to master the power play. When they get opportunities, they're going to have to score on it, which they can because both teams have a good power play. But they need to score on the power play. Those Maroon, Perry, they need to piss off the opposition, make them angry, make them make decisions, try to draw Toronto into the fight because they're still not as physical a team as Tampa Bay. They're more, but not not as much. This might sound simplistic, but I really think this is not that tough of a series for the Toronto Maple Leafs. This is a series that they should be favored to win, and this is a series I think they will win. I've got the Toronto Maple Leafs winning this series in six games. I nearly said five. I was thinking of that going in today. I thought it could be five. But because I don't trust this team to have the killer instinct that much, I'm going to say six. got Toronto winning it pretty convincingly. They're a far superior team. Tampa's wounded. They've been through a lot. You've been sitting on your ass watching UFC fights, drinking Mai Tais while they play into June. It's put up or shut up. Kyle Dubas doesn't have a contract. Matthews has a year left after this one. So does Bill Nylander. What's going to happen? Which players are going to move? Who's staying? All that comes into play. Kyle Dubas doesn't have a contract. Does he want to leave Toronto even if you win around? That's always a possibility. Pittsburgh jobs open. Who knows? But for the first time since 2004, I think Leaf fans are going to get some excitement. They'll have some joy because their team is going to win and defeat the Tampa Bay Lightning. Tampa Bay Lightning era. I'm not saying it's over, but it's quieted for now. They need to regroup, get some more draft picks, get a little younger. Tough to do in an offseason, might take some time. But they got the three straight Stanley Cup Finals, and they deserve a hell of a lot of credit for what they've accomplished. But I got Toronto in six. Pivoting to Boston versus Florida. Boston, best regular season of all time. Most dominant. Pretty incredible stuff from, from the Beantown Bruins. This series, we know Linus Allmark is going for the Boston Bruins. Who will be going for Tampa for Florida? I don't know. Is it Alex Lyon, who they banked on to get to the playoffs? Will it be Sergei Bobrovsky, who's been out for seemingly three weeks? There's nothing yet on who's starting the game tomorrow, so we'll have to wait and see. I would go Alex Lyon tomorrow night. Yeah, Babrowski if you need to go to him. Lyon got you into the playoffs. He battled through. I think he deserves to start, and he gives the team as good a chance to win as Babrowski. Babrowski hasn't exactly been stellar in his postseason career. He's got one series win. And that was against the Tampa Bay Lightning, he was a member of the Columbus Blue Jackets. I guess technically he won last year. He won a first round, but Spencer Knight started like half those games. So I'll give him two playoff wins, but... Maybe one and a half. If I'm really being honest about it. But looking at this series, Boston is such a perplexing team because they're not overly fast because they're old. Bergeron, Marchand, Krejci, Taylor Hall is not exactly a spring chicken. Bertuzzi's not a not exactly lightning speed. Trent Frederick. But somehow they make it look so simplistic. They play a simple style, and one of the key reasons why the Boston Bruins are so good and why they win so often is because of their defense score. Hampus Lindholm had one of the best years of any defenseman in the NHL. I, he likely won't be nominated for the Norris. He likely won't even be talked about, but he is a, he's a point guard. He's, a, he's Chris Paul in his prime. Where he just directs traffic. He gets people into the right position. He gets them in the right spot on the on the ice. And good things happen. He bring more often than not, he brings the puck up, brings the puck up the ice. He finds guys on the half wall and he makes simple decisions. Charlie McAvoy, you know what I think about him. Top five defenseman in the NHL. He can move the puck-up efficiently. He takes hits. He moves pucks seamlessly. Carlo Orloff's a good puck mover. This team just has a whole bunch of really good defensemen at avoiding catastrophe, getting rid of the puck, simply getting the puck up to their forwards and not having the puck in their own zone for an extended period of time. So with that being said, the key for Florida is clog up. I'm not even saying the neutral zone. Up The Boston, Boston's end of the ice. Make the exit zone pass difficult, and here's what I do. You always hear about the, the exit zone pass, and you, have, you obviously have a, you have a guy in the half wall, you have another guy in the half wall, and your center kind of goes up the middle of the ice. It's, it's easy stuff. You do it from Adam. Any coach will do it. Here's what I would do if I'm Florida to counteract this. If I see Lindholm, you, you, you dump the puck in, you have your opposing five come on the ice. If you see Bergeron in the middle of the ice, you see Marchand and Pasternak on the half walls. I would say, move your defense up, move your defense up to to pinch, so to speak, and you take away the the uh, exit zone passes from from the wingers. So here's here's what I I propose. If you have Montour on the ice with Gustav Forsling, just just for reference. Have Forsling go on Pasternak, have Montour go on Martian. So the defense are moving up. They're clogging it up. They're pinching, in a sense, to defend that. In the middle of the ice, keep your center. Keep, keep your center on him. So let's say it's Bark off on Bergeron. But your two wingers go attack the defense. So Kachuk and Verhege each take a defenseman and go attack. Make it so difficult for them to, to make an exit pass out of your zone. This can be dangerous because you might say, well, your defense are so high into the zone. What if something breaks down? Yeah, certainly. It's not it's not a foolproof plan, but what this does do is it gives you a chance because Florida is not better than Boston. Florida has Matthew Kuchuk, an elite talent. They have Verhege, who's great, Barkoff, Reinhardt, some decent defense, but you're not even close. And your biggest weakness on Florida is your defense. Mark Stahl, there's Long in the tooth, and then there's Mark Stahl. Mahura, Ekblad has games I want to shake my head at. Gudis is Gudis. You know what you're going to get from him in his limited ability. Montour and Eckblad are going to have to play 25 minutes a game. That's That's a lot of minutes. So if you can spend those 25 minutes in the Ozone, those are easier minutes. They're not as taxing. You don't waste as much energy. And it forces Hampus Lindholm, Charlie McAvoy, Carlo, these better defense, the better team to defend. It forces them to defend. this is it's a new way of looking at trying to attack the the breakouts and, and you know just the team over team defense overall but it would be something i'd i try why not try it why not try it if you if you're the the Florida Panthers because i truly believe if the way this regular season has gone where boston is not predicated on speed they're predicated on on efficiency they're predicated on playing their game in a simplistic style opening up time and space which Patrice Bergeron does better than anybody and David Pasternak is a genius at knowing where the puck is going to be before it gets there finding that open space and then just wiring the puck home I don't see that slowing down in particular against a defense in Florida that is limited to say the least Boston's not going to be afraid if you want to play a physical game. They'll do that. They'll punch you in the face. Boston will play up and down with you if, if they have to. But if you make it difficult, make Omar make saves. He has no playoff history. None. So make him make the big saves. Who knows? I think this is going to be a, an interesting series. I think it's going to be physical. I think it's going to be a fun series. Florida has a chance. I need guys like Anton Lundell, Sam Reiner. If Sam Bennett can come back in the middle of the series, come back and, and play a decent effort. But if pucks are leaving Boston zone easy early on in the series, here's your tell. Series can be over rather quickly. The series is going to be over rather quickly, and Boston will not have much resistance. I'm picking Boston in five games. I think it can be more because I have a hell of a lot of respect for Matthew Kachuk, and Florida has some offensive pieces that can score, certainly. But I'm going to pick Boston in five because I don't know if Florida is willing to do it. They were a frustrating team all year. Let's see what they can do. But I got Boston winning that series in five games. New York Islanders, Carolina Hurricanes. This is the series that nobody will be watching, maybe other than me. (laughs) It is, on the surface, the most boring series. Two teams that don't play a really entertaining brand of hockey. The Islanders just creep into the playoffs, and you know what they're bringing. They're bringing physicality. They're bringing the—you know, it's funny. Lane Lambert is the coach of this team, and he still plays the same way that Barry Trotz does. And you could say it's even even more defensive, even more simplistic than when Barry Trotz was there. This team was ranked 31st in the NHL on the power play. Only Philadelphia was worse. This team doesn't create scoring opportunities. They don't create offense. And that's the problem. And they should do more. If you look at the team, Bo Horvat, Matthew Barzell, Brock Nelson, Anders Lee, Jeji Pajot, Kyle Palmieri, Josh Bailey, Zach Parise. This team should be better offensively because it's not full of scrubs. It doesn't just have a bunch of grit grinders that play at the local YMCA. This team has some good players. Not to mention Noah Dobson, who's a really solid defenseman who creates offense. Ryan Pollock, Pellick, Mayfield. They have guys that can shoot the puck as well. So I... I like the Islanders team. But their style is infuriating, but here's the deal. It doesn't it's extremely difficult for this team to get into the playoffs the way they play cuz it's no offense, you don't take chances, but in the postseason the ice shrinks. Time and space is eliminated. Hitting is more at the forefront and the Islanders rise to the surface. They get more and more confident. And oddly enough, I think Carolina has some of those same same great uh, qualities. Canes are fast. They are. But nobody cheats on the Carolina Hurricanes. Everybody has a role, and they know it. And everybody knows who they have defensively. Ajo might score 40 goals a season, but he might be able to score 45, but he doesn't because he's got to be in that defensive position. Seth Jarvis. Seth Jarvis only, I don't think he scored 15 goals this season. Why? Because Rob Brendamore probably told him, no, you're going to score 13, and I love the way you play, so keep doing it. Probably won't help his next contract. Marty Neckash, Tivu uh, Terravinen. They have a solid team in Carolina. They're meant to play this time of year, certainly. But here's the rub. They're without key players this time of year. You're without one of your best offensive weapons. You didn't do anything at the trade deadline to help it. Poole arvey has not been a great add. So for Carolina... They need their defense to continue to do what they did all year, and that's provide offense. Brent Burns has been scoring goals. Pesci, Brady Shea, the ghost Shane Goss' bear. They need their defense to score goals, and they need Seth Jarvis, and to me, Marty Nekash are the two most important players in the season to produce, to score. But they need Stahl, Nesson, the whole team; it's a team effort. That's the way they play. I think that's if they're going to win, that's the way it's going to work. But for the for for the Isles, I think they want to play every game two to one because I think they feel better about their goaltending. Ilya Sorokin versus Freddie Anderson, which I'm still not 100% bought in yet that Freddie Anderson will be ready for tomorrow night. He doesn't have an injury. But he might pull something and warm up, or he might have to fly home because his his cat died or something. I'm not sure. He just he never find he never seems to be in the net when you need him to be in the playoffs. So we'll wait and see if he ends up there. But I think the Isles want to play two one games. I think they're going to want to piss them off. Clutterbuck, Martin, Sazikas. I mean, I love I still love that line. It, it's a it's a frustrating. Frustrating team to play against because they give you nothing. But it's a it's a fun, it's a fun group. I think I think it's gonna be the least watched series, as I mentioned off the top. But I think it's gonna be physical. And I truly think the team that takes more chances, the team that's willing to break out of their comfort zone will win this series. And I think the Islanders are going to win this series. They're the road team. Carolina always seems to show up in the postseason. It's true. They always play well. They beat Boston last year in the first round. They lost to New York in seven games. But they had a better – they had more – you know, they had more options. They don't have match patch this year. They don't have certain players that, that they really need to help them win. I like Sorokin more than I like either goalie on the on the Carolina Hurricanes. Sorokin's one of the best goalies in the world. I'm picking Carol I'm picking the New York Islanders in seven games in this series. Matt Barzell looks like he's gonna return as well. That's a big update for for the Islanders. But I look at the Islanders. They get they got Bo Horvat at the trade deadline. The Carolina Hurricanes got Jesse Puliyarvi. It can be as simplistic as that. Bo Horvat's a game breaker. He's a really good player. Jesse Puliyarvi is a bit piece. Adding a player of that magnitude might get you around. I got the Islanders winning, winning this series in seven games. Rangers Devils. First time these two teams are meeting since 2012 win the conference final. The Devils won that series in six games. Obviously went on. They lo- lost to the LA Kings. But it's been a minute since these two teams met. Easy series for travel for both of these two teams. Likely just take a bus or the, the train so you don't get to travel. That's a nice thing. Looking at this series now, it's going to be fun. This I love this series. I picked the New York Rangers to win the Stanley Cup before the season started, and they've made moves, but I feel less confident about them than I did to start the year. I like a lot of part. I like a lot of about what their team is. They obviously got Patrick Kane at the trade deadline. They got Vladimir Tarasenko, uh, Nikola, or Mikolas. Pardon me from the St. Louis Blues. He gets added to the mix. They have Igor Shosturkin, who is one of the best goalies in the world. This team is deep. They're getting getting better and better as the season went along. And I think they're playing possum a little bit. They were kind of locked into the three seed for a while the last couple weeks of the season. I don't think they particularly cared. They kind of handled it like the Tampa Bay Lightning did because they know this is where the, the real season begins. This is where the pressure mounts. And they need to they need to show up. So I, I can respect that. Let's start with this Keys. I think the New York Rangers need to look at the devils and see that defense core and be extremely physical and take advantages take advantage of their weaknesses. New Jersey's best defenseman is Dougie Hamilton. To me, he should be nominated for the Norris. I doubt he will be, but people are wrong every day. He's their best defenseman, but he's asked to do a lot. Other than him, you have Siegenthaler, you have Damon Severson, Brendan Smith is kicking around on this team, Kevin Ball, but they're not the deepest bunch on the back end. And other than other than Dougie Hamilton, they're limited. They really are and make those defensemen make plays and be physical with them to even and make make them make them make decisions. Because they'll have John Marino added in. I forgot about him looking at their team now to the lineup. But again, I don't this defense doesn't spark fear into you. They're solid. They're good, not great. Ryan Graves will be playing as well. But look, if New York has to look at this and say, Sabinejad, Kreider, Lafreniere, Kako, Tarasenko even, be physical with this group. Finish every check. And again, make make these defensive make play damon severson he's a guy that's talked about a lot is a is a really good defenseman around the league but he plays in new jersey so he doesn't get as much publicity he has his good traits he but a lot he's not a defenseman for me he's a guy that is all offense doesn't really care about his own zone makes a lot of stupid decisions so that hurts i also wonder if luke hughes will be playing any playoff games he's only played a couple games in his nhl career I don't think he'll start the postseason. I could see him getting in as, if the, as the series goes along. And I think for New York, one really, the Rangers, one of their best thing, one of the best things to have going for them is they have so many ways that they can play. If you want to play fast with New York, they'll play fast. If you want to play physical, they can play physical. Running gun, they got the goaltender that can beat your guy. Shostar can go up against anybody other than Vasilevsky and have the edge in net. So I just look at it that way, where they they have so many different ways to, to beat you. For New Jersey, they had a great season. I watched... 77 New Jersey games last season because I pick a team every year that I don't think is going to be very good and I kind of follow them. And I saw signs last year that the team was getting better. They made good moves in the offseason. Dawson Mercer was a year old. They added Andre Pilat, Timu Meyer was added. Curtis Lazar. Siegenthaler was a great addition. This team got better He sure got better. Jack Hughes got better. So they come into this series with very little playoff experience. And that can be a negative thing or a positive thing. And I just think it's based off the team to decide that. If I'm looking at this, I think Jack Hughes does not care that he has very little playoff experience. I just think he wants to go out and play. He just seems like a gamer to me. He loves the game of hockey. That whole family does. And I think he'll go out there in his first shift guns a and try to score a goal. That's great. I want to see Nico Heischer go up against Mika Zibanejad in this series. Every shift. You don't have home ice at the guard. Uh, you have home ice in this series. First two games are in Newark. Use that to your advantage. Get on the ice first. Get that matchup. I think he should be nominated for the Selkie trophy. Cause he's a really good defensive center. Take on the challenge and defeat Mika Zabinijad, who is the number one center in this league, who is incredibly talented, plays the, the entire way of the ice, awesome passer, can finish with the best of them, but can you shut him down? Can you take on that challenge, still be productive enough offensively, but eliminate a huge part of what New York does that makes them great? I think he I think he can. It's gonna to be tough. Certainly, it's not easy. But if you can do that, you take your chances with Panarin and with, with the with the kid line, Trocheck, Kreider. The thing for New Jersey is they're not a physical team. They have one line that's really you have Bastion, Miles Wood. That line is a physical group. They'll go out there and hit anything that moves. Jack Hughes, Hesher, Hala, Brat, Tatar, they're not physical players. So this would be a really interesting test to see how they react to the physical play, how they respond, and the way they go about it. Because they really haven't seen it, and they haven't had to play that way in the regular season because that's just not the way the game is played anymore. So I'm interested to see how they adjust to it, and do they engage or does that end up with New York taking more penalties, which could benefit New Jersey in, in the long run? Vitek Vanacek will take the net for the New Jersey Devils. Under the radar, one of the great ads of the offseason Washington let, let both of their goalies go, Vanacek and Samson off. They're both made the playoffs. The Capitals end up not making the playoffs, so go figure there. I think this series is going to be fun. I think the Devils will give everything they have. But I'm going to go with the Rangers. I just think they have a little more depth. I, their defense went healthy. Their top four is great with Fox, Lindgren, Jacob Truba, and Keandre Miller. I like their defense more. I think they got a more well-rounded team. So I'm going with the New York Rangers to beat the New Jersey Devils in six games. But I think it'll be a, a fun, fun series. And New Jersey's on the come up, and they're not going away anytime soon. Pivoting to the Western Conference. Edmonton versus Los Angeles. Edmonton is coming into this playoff as good as they've ever looked. Connor McDavid is going to win a heart trophy. Leon the second best player in the league. Nugent Hopkins had a hundred-point season. Matias Eckholm. Has been the best ad of the trade deadline period. Darnell Nurse has helped now in the back end. Zach Hyman's been great. Edmonton looks fantastic. And I'm going to talk big picture about Edmonton for a second here. They made it to the conference final last year, not because they had a great team, but because two Hall of Fame Incredible talents willed them there in Drysaddle and McDavid. I don't believe the Edmonton Oilers team is perfect by any means. They have holes. They have deficiencies. But they are so much better than they were at this time last year. So I do give Ken Holland some credit for that. They play a defensive structure. They have defensive pairings that make sense. At home just makes everybody's life easier. Darnell Nurse doesn't have to play so many minutes. RNAs fit in. CC Kulak, they're pushed down. Bouchard plays his role, but he's not asked to be a stud of stud at his young age. Run the power play. Do that. So this Edmonton team is dangerous. They can play any way you want. They got Evander Kane, They got Hyman. They have players that aren't afraid to mix it up if you want to. And L.A. enters this postseason really kind of sputtering. They lost a number of games. They won their last game before the end of the regular season, but that was against the Anaheim Ducks, so not exactly impressive. They're just – I like their team – I think they're building towards something, certainly. Kopitar has one year left on his deal. Does that open up space for Los Angeles to sign a center that's current, currently playing in Toronto? Maybe. Adrian Kempe is great. Kaliev, Kupari, Arvidsson was a great add. Byfield started to find his game a little bit. But LA is a good team that doesn't have a solid – Stable netminder. They don't have a number one. They have Corpus Allo and Phoenix Copley, so two guys that are that are good, not great, at the position. And I, I look around and I just I thought that about a month and a half ago, I really thought this series could go either way. Edmonton was playing good, not they don't they didn't have Ekholm yet, and LA was starting to really produce. And I'm not saying don't watch this series because I think it's going to be a very entertaining series. But I don't see many... I do you think that Edmonton is a better... Def- the Eckholm, Nurse, Bouchard, top three. Drew Doughty's still a stud. I like Mike Anderson a lot you have Gavrkov. It's a young it's a young defense. That's one thing for for Los Angeles is that you're young. You still need reps, you still need you still need opportunity, you need experience. And they're getting into the playoffs every year, which is fantastic. But Gavrkovs played games if you look at this, Gavrikov, Anderson, Doughty, Roy, Alex Edler has been in and out of the lineup. Kevin Fiala will be playing. He's obviously up front, but I just look at this team, and I think they're, they're good, but unfortunate for them, they didn't draw Vegas in the first round. If they're playing Vegas, I give them a very good chance of winning this series. I'm going to go through my picks towards the end of this, but I really, I'm really i high on the Edmonton Oilers. They're playing a different style of hockey. They built a different team. They're not that same old club that could just score, and they're built on two players, and they didn't back check. That's not this team. They have a swagger about them. They're confident. They're mowing through the league. For Los Angeles to to win this series, they need a lot to go right. But they need to bottle up the middle of the ice, eliminate exit zone passes, and force McDavid's shifts to be spent in his own zone. That's my key point there is have – it's pretty simplistic. Have the opposing team's best player have to play defense and not offense when he's on the ice. And one thing Los Angeles does well is I watch them a lot. They're my favorite team to watch in the NHL. I'm I'm looking forward to – if I had to rank the series, this would be one or two for me with the Rangers series. Just with interest for for myself. L.A. does a really good job at just – pissing you off. When you get the puck on your stick, somebody's always there. They'll punch the puck back in your own zone, and things happen. And you look at it, Stuart Skinner has never started a playoff game. Phoenix Copley has, has never started a playoff game. Corpus started a few for Columbus. I'm not sure who LA is going to go with yet. Probably Phoenix Copley, but that's still undetermined. I think we'll see both goalies for Los Angeles in this series. But they need to, to make the life on their goaltender as easy as possible because Edmonton has more sharpshooters. They have more. They have guys that can just score goals easier. L.A. had, you know, Kopitar, it needs to be a produced play. Dunno. Kempe is the, the real game breaker for Los Angeles. He creates turnovers. He can score goals lightning quick. Kaliev is more of a set shot type player where you put him in a, a certain spot in the ice, he can let the puck go. But I think the depth, you could argue L.A. is a little bit more depth where Trevor Moore comes in, Blake Lizotte, Zach McEwen, Fiala. And I also think Doughty just has to be a star in this series. Because even if Edler is healthy and he ends up playing, Sean Dersey's a kid. He's really young. Mikey Anderson has played in the NHL for a while, but again, he's not a game. Gavrikov, he knows his role. He's a fourth, fifth defenseman. So Drew Doughty, even at this age, is going to have to play 26 to 27 minutes. Just the way the cookie crumbles. It's a lot of minutes. It's a lot to ask of a player that's already done so much in his NHL career. But That's just the way it is. I think LA's building something that can work. I really do. I do think they need to add to their defense in the years to come and get more depth. But could they open up spots up front? Could they add a key centerman that could change the outlook of this team? Yeah. Free agent comes up, ends up going to Los Angeles. I don't think anybody would turn down living in Los Angeles. I know I certainly wouldn't with the weather and the opportunity it provides. Still think it's a fun series. But I got Edmonton winning in six games. Connor McDavid, too good. sidle, and just a team that is better than the Los Angeles Kings. So give me Edmonton in six. Let's, go, let's move to Vegas and Winnipeg. Winnipeg sneaks into the playoffs after battling all year. Started off hot. They end up squeaking in. So now, where do we go from here? This is a weird series because Vegas wins the Pacific, the best team in the Western Conference. And yet, you look at the team and you're like, well, do I really like them? I don't know who their starting goalie is going to be. Is it going to be Logan Thompson? Is it going to be Laurent Brassois? Is it going to be Jonathan Quick? It's still not determined. We don't know yet. That's concerning, just to point it out. You don't know who's going to... Logan Thompson was good when he was in the net, but again, he ended the year on the injured list. So does he get in? Does he not get in? Is it Brossois? Is it Jonathan Quick? So it's it's... Not decided there. The best thing about the about the Vegas Golden Knights is their defense score. bar none. It's so deep. Shea Theodore, Alex Petrangelo, Alec Martinez, Braden McNabb, Zach Whitecloud, Nick Hag, Ben Hutton. They have six, seven guys that can play minutes. That's one thing that you can look at the team and say they've done a really good job at. Regardless of injuries, we can put players in our lineup that can play NHL minutes and we don't worry about it. So kudos to Kelly McCrimmon for, for doing that. I love their defense. It's better than Winnipeg's. It's better than, you could argue, maybe anybody in the NHL. So that's their superpower. That's, that's what makes Vegas great, and it's part of the reason why I think their goaltending situation hasn't been as... Pronounced this season because their defense overcomes a lot of hurdles. Up front, it's a team that can score goals, but they're not. it's not a sexy group. Marcia So is still a Vegas Golden Knight. Bill Carlson is still a Vegas Golden Knight. Riley Smith is still a Vegas Golden Knight. Chandler Stevenson, one of my favorites, one of the more underrated players on this team, is there. Jack Eichel is obviously a Vegas Golden Knight. They acquired Ivan Ababichev at the at the trade deadline, Phil Kessel. So they have players you know, but they don't leap off the table. They're, they don't exactly make you scared. They're, they're a good team, not a great team. That's the way I, I look at it. Jack Eichel this year had 27 goals and 39 assists. So it's a good, not great season, in in 67 games. Definitely not what they traded for. Not a point per game. Still had his injury problems. He's not a number one center. But yet they finished first. Bill Carlson only had 14 goals. Not great. Barbashev had more goals than, than Bill Carlson. Michael Amadio. He's kind of a, a player that's kind of rose. He had 16 goals this year as a depth player. Marcia, so at 28. He's he's always around 20. He's a 25-goal scorer. You know what you're going to get from him. He's a solid player, good pro. Riley Smith at 26. Chandler Stevenson at 16, but he's also one of the most defensively-laden guys on this team, and I love the way he plays. Vegas is so perplexing. I still haven't. I watched a bunch of them this year, and I still don't know what they are. I know they're got a great defense. They can play physical because they got a bunch of guys that can do that. I think Vegas is a team that you just hate playing. Quite frankly, they piss you off because Marcio is a bit of a rat. He's a player that gets punched in the face a lot because he's a bit. He likes to run his mouth. He enjoys that. Barbashev is he's a guy you you get for this time of year for playoff time to go out there and hurt the opposing team's defense, quite frankly. They have Nick Waugh, who I like a lot. He's a good player, finds a way to put pucks in the back of the net. So Vegas does not have a number one defined score that you can rely on in a given game to be an all-pro. I define them as a team without a defined superstar without a defined personality. Mark Stone's been out of the lineup for much. He looks like he's going to return for the postseason. Don't know how much he's going to be able to play. But Vegas is a very good defensive team. They play with structure. Bruce Cassidy did that in Boston. He's done that in Vegas. And to Bruce Cassidy's credit, he leaves the Boston Bruins, and they win the President's Trophy. Yeah, but... His team wins the Western Conference. His team has the most points in the West. That's pretty damn impressive himself. In a group with L.A. and, and Edmonton and this, that, and the third. I mean, it's it's pretty incredible what, what Bruce Cassidy was able to do with, with the injuries, with Mark Stone missing a lot of time. Petrangelo was out for a couple of weeks for a personal matter. Eichel missed time. Riley Smith, Marcia so, and yet they they find a way to overcome it. They find a way to stay ahead of the Edmonton Oilers. And they get the Winnipeg Jets. So then we get to Winnipeg. Winnipeg should not be starting a, se- a series on the road, quite frankly. The way their season started and the way their team is built. Scheifele, Wheeler, Dubois, Ealers, Kyle Connor, Mason Appleton, Adam Lowry, my guy, and you don't need a writer. They have a whole lot of great players in this team. Josh Morrissey might win the Norris. Got my vote. Pionk, Brendan Dillon, Dylan DeMello, Logan Stanley, Nate Schmidt. Not a great defense core. It's good, not great. Maybe a good, just good, lowercase g on that defense core. But they got one of the best goalies in the world, Connor Halibut. So they have that advantage going into this series. And when Winnipeg wants to play, they play great. Scheifele still is a phenomenal player. Nick Ehlers is a frustrating as hell player because he doesn't show up half the time, but he's talented. That's why Nick Ehlers and William Nylander will be linked forever because both guys love to take games off. And both guys major in their give-a-shit meter being you know a little lower than you'd like it to be. They they got ride at the trade deadline. He's been good. Vegas will have to defend really well in this series. Because I mentioned they don't have a goalie advantage. They do have a defense battle. I would be putting Chandler Stevenson on the ice against Mark Shifley. That would be, if I'm Vegas, that's the matchup I want. You have home ice advantage. Use it, use it. Get him on the ice. Make him go up against against make him go up against Shifley and piss him off. Hit him, needle him. Stevenson, when you're a defensive center like him, that's the way you play the game. That's the way you approach it. Chandler Stevenson against Mark Shifley, every shift that you possibly can. Vegas' defense, Petrangelo, Martinez, Theodore, White Cloud, if he can get into the lineup healthy. Jump up into the play. Join the rush. Be offensive because you're going to need it in this series. Because as I mentioned, you don't have many advantages. You have a better defense core, and I think you have more game breakers. Shea Theodore only played 55 games this year. He only had eight goals. But he's still one of the best defensemen in the game if you ask me when healthy. He can do more offensively. Petrangelo. He hangs back, but he still has he still has that element to his game. To me anyway. Alec Martinez has scored some of the biggest goals in Stanley Cup playoff history. Serious clinching goals for the Los Angeles Kings. He's done a whole lot. He's had some big clutch moments. He's back healthy. Let's see what he can do. It's a weird spot for Winnipeg because Shifley could be gone this off season, Dubois could be gone this off season. Do they trade does Rick Bonus leave after one season this offseason? maybe if everybody leaves? It's another kind of put up or shut up time for the Winnipeg Jets if they want to make a run and see what they can do. Vegas has a lot of guys signed long term. They just brought in Bruce Cassidy. But they obviously want to be successful. They want to win because it, they, that's all they've been pitching in Vegas is is winning. Is putting yourself in a position to, to win a Stanley Cup rather quickly. That's all they've done. They trade away players to, to be in a better spot. Another really close series, an interesting one. I don't think there's an easy pick. I'm going to pick the Winnipeg Jets to beat the Vegas Golden Knights in game seven on the road. I think this goes seven. I think it's nip and tuck. It's going to be a lot of one goal games. But I got the Winnipeg Jets having a little more firepower, a little more depth, ways to ways to piss off the opposition. So I'm going with. I'm going with the Winnipeg Jets to advance the second round. Upsetting the the Vegas Golden Knights. Colorado and Seattle. Colorado Avalanche. Back in the postseason. Stanley Cup champions. And they entered this postseason in a weird, murky way. Gabriel Landeskog is not playing in the postseason. Knee surgery, needs more time time to recover. Doesn't sound that promising. They made it sound like he may never play again, which is obviously concerning. He's had a great career, but he's out for the entire postseason. Josh Manson, we don't know if he's playing yet. He's a question mark. Kael McCarr hasn't played much hockey. Is he going to be ready? Another question mark. So, what Colorado does have is two of the best players in the league up front with Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen. Rantanen was on my, my OLI, my outside looking in for the Hart Trophy. McKinnon was right there as well. McKinnon finished off the season with a hat trick to put himself in, in this position to get Seattle in the first round so that they don't have to play Minnesota like Dallas will, which we'll talk about next. but McKinnon and Rantanen played this regular season like they had not won a they like they hadn't won a championship like they hadn't proven anything yet they came like bats out of hell and they wanted to continue to prove they wanted to continue to dominate and Colorado lost Nazem Kadri you lose players you lose Darcy Kemper to the Washington Capitals and yet you go through the season you start slow You're in third place, you're in a wild card for a while, and they end the year first in the Central because that's just what Colorado does. They added Evan Rodriguez. JT Comfer had a great year for Colorado. Arturi Lekin is still there, Valtteri Nikushkin, Cogliano, you added Lars Eller Eller at the trade deadline. I still like this team a lot. But they have question marks that concern me. Georgiev is not one for me. I trust Georgiev in net. He's been solid all year long. I'm going to trust him. I'm not talking about this series when it comes to worry. I I think it gets very difficult in the second round with who they're going to play. Just not having as much depth as you did the last year. Colorado will play Seattle. Seattle makes the playoffs in their second year as a franchise. That's a huge accomplishment in and of itself. I predicted that they would. They, As I said off the top of the year, they have so many guys that can score 15 to 20 goals, and they did. Matty Beneers, Jaden Schwartz, Oliver Bjorkstrand, Yanni Gord, Jared McCann, Jordan Eberle, Daniel Sprong, e. Tolvin, Tolvanen, Alexander Wendberg. They have a just a, a group full of guys that are good, not great players. Matty Beneers might rise to that great player stout, status, Jared McCann. Has been fantastic since leaving Pittsburgh slash slash Toronto and, and uh, arriving in Seattle. Vince Dunn has been phenomenal for Seattle this season. Expansion draft from St. Louis. He's been a number one defenseman in Seattle, given that opportunity, and he's risen to the, pardon me, the occasion. Colorado is so fast. They're so structured and detailed. They still have Devon Taves, Bowen Byram is healthy, McCar should be back, Sammy Girard, who I don't like whatsoever, but still on this team, he'll play, probably a great person, I hate the way he plays hockey, they still have Eric and Jack Johnson, yes, they're both still, Jack left, now he's back on Colorado looking for another ring. I got Colorado winning this series pretty easily in five games. This could be a sweep. This could be the sweep series. I'm going to give Seattle one game. They'll win one of those two on the road to extend the series. A good team. Positive season for Seattle, but Colorado's just a different beast, and they'll get by them. Dallas, Minnesota. Jake Ottinger versus Philip Gustafson. Because, yes, Marc-Andre Fleury will start the series on the bench. At least he should. Dallas has – Dallas is a fun team. Because last season they were a one-line team. They had Jason Robertson, Joe Pavelski, and Rupe Hintz. And they played Calgary in the first round. They pushed them to seven games. And they lost in overtime. Ottinger was the star of that series. It was his coming out party, and he's built on it this year. I think he'll be nominated for the Vesna Trophy, the best young American goalie in the world right now. But Dallas, a year later, has made some additions to their team, but you've seen players who are on the team last year improve. Jamie Benn, Fountain of Youth, 34 goals this season. Found another level. Wyatt Johnson, a rookie who they did not expect to emerge and play the kind of minutes he does, he scores over 20 goals this season. Roddick Foxa, Tyler Sagan has been good, but he's been healthy. That's another big thing for him. It's his health. Miro Heiskinen. John Klingberg leaves the team. Heiskinen has stepped up. He's playing better than he ever has. Essa Lindell, Ryan Suter. I think it's been better this year. Dallas is a very good team. Top to bottom, they are very good. They're not just a one-line team anymore. They have guys that can produce. They have they have guys that can contribute. A very solid group in Dallas. They're going up against the Minnesota Wild, who can't spend as much money as the rest of the teams because they had to buy out Suter and Parise. And funny, Suter goes up against his old team. But Kaprizov is back healthy. Zuccarello is there. Matthew Boldy has been the second-half phenomenon. Frederick Goudreau, Nyquist, Eric Konek, Marcus Felino. They're a tough, physical team that is similar to the Islanders. They play a certain way, and that's just the way Dean Evison likes it. That's the way they play. For Minnesota... They need to piss off their opponent. That's how I see them winning. They need to piss off their opponent. Make it difficult. Muck it up. Frustrate them. Hit them on every play. Be a little dirty. It won't be tough. Reeves, Foligno, Ericksonak, Duhame. Be a little dirty, Dumbo likes to throw his hits, and set a tone early in the, se- in the series that is not going to be a cakewalk, it's not going to be easy going, and you know they're going to play well defensively. Jonas Brodine one of the best defensive defensemen in the NHL. Addison is solid, Goligoski is solid, Spurgeon is as steady as she goes. That's the way Minnesota needs to play this series, is just make it frustrating, make it compact. And Minnesota has less room to play around because Kaprizov is a superstar. Zugarello is still great at his age. Oldie is fantastic. Gaudreau can produce. But Dallas has more options. It's just, it's a fact that Dallas has more ways to produce offense. Like, I love Marcus Felino. He had 21 points, he had seven goals. Because that, that's just the way he plays. It's nothing against him. That's just the way he approaches, that's the way he, he plays the game. And as I look through their, their roster, Boldy. Had thirty-one goals. He's phenomenal. Frederick Goodrow had a really strong campaign, nineteen goal season for him. Marco Rossi may play. He's not exactly a producer. Zuccarello this year had you know forty-five assists. He's still producing at at a very high level. Marcus Johansson. Will he be ready for start the playoffs? Ryan Hartman, another guy that could show up in the big moments, but. They have less room to work with. Dallas has more options. They have more guys that can score a big goal in a big game. This is an interesting series, certainly. I think Dallas is a tough out for anybody. Minnesota will be physical. They'll be fun. They'll be fun to watch because I I like their style. Their head coach is scary as hell. But I have Dallas beating Minnesota in six games in a highly contested series. So to bring it back to the East, I have Toronto, Boston, the Rangers, and the New York Islanders winning their first round series. Moving it forward, it means it'll be Toronto versus Boston in the second round. This is going to be a tight, tight series. Boston will be the betting favorite. Toronto will give everything they have, certainly. It's a goalie battle that's still undetermined. Toronto will slay that the beast of the first-round series, and then they get Boston, who have, who have been their Achilles heel for so many years dating back to a decade ago in 2013 where the the beginning of this patheticness began so in that series it can go either way I'm going to pick the Boston Bruins in 7 games to defeat the Toronto Maple Leafs but so close A really tight series. I just think the experience and the the better defense core and just the way Boston approaches the game will defeat the Maple Leafs. They they have a few too many good players for the Maple Leafs. Boston gets by them this time around. But Toronto does a lot to improve their team and the outlook of them moving forward. The other second-round series, Islanders... Heading to the Rangers, a wild-card team against a third-place team. Islanders are tough to beat, just the way they play. They're frustrating. But I'm going to have the Rangers defeating the Islanders in that series in six games. I had the Rangers winning the Cup before the year. I'm not just picking them because I, I picked them before. I think the Rangers are a deep, deep team. They made a conference final last year. They have that experience. They know what it takes. They battled throughout. They have players that are just have that dog in them. Like Zabinajad, like I think Heedle has that. Kreider, Trocheck. This team plays tough. Truba, Keandre Miller is a stud, and they have a phenomenal goaltender. So I'm picking the Rangers to, to defeat the Islanders in that series. So that means it's Rangers, Bruins in the conference final. Two heavyweights, two original six teams, doing battle. Boston will have home ice in that series, as they will throughout the entire postseason. Rangers are a little younger. near something. I think that the Leafs series are going to take a lot out of the Bruins. The speed of the Leafs, the way they constantly put pressure on you, the Islanders will be a physical series, certainly for the Rangers, but it won't be, I think, as physically uh, sorry as like taxing when it comes to just the speed of the series and things of that nature. So, I'm going to pick the New York Rangers. I just think they have they have guys that are going to be fantastic in this playoffs. Mika Zibanejad, the Patrick Kane edition, will come to fruition. Heedle, Kako, even our Timmy Panarin, who I can't fucking stand. I see the Rangers beating the Boston Bruins in the conference final and getting back to getting back to a Stanley Cup final. So I got the Rangers beating the Bruins in the conference final. Out West, I had Edmonton beating LA. I had Vegas beating Winnipeg. So that means Edmonton, Winnipeg in the second round. I love the way Edmonton's playing. I think they're a dangerous dangerous team. They have the two best players in the league. That doesn't change from around. They play a better style. Winnipeg's tough, certainly. But I think Edmonton's a, a superior team. Like Edmonton has more belief. They have that structure. I have the Edmonton Oilers beating the Winnipeg Jets in 6 games to get back to another conference final. That would mean we get Colorado and Dallas in the other second round series. Colorado still has those dogs. They're without Landis Cog. They have injuries, that concerns me. I love the Dallas goaltending. McKinnon is such a dangerous and Rantanen are so fantastic you got Robertson, Hintz, who's fantastic as well, Pavelski, Jamie Benn. The Colorado defense is so is far superior in particular when they're fully healthy. It's one thing you can't overlook, but I think Jake Ottinger is a better goaltender than Georgiev is. Jake Ottinger was fantastic in the postseason last year, his first postseason, so we'll see what, how he does again, but I've only seen him in one postseason and he was locked in. I think the injuries may catch up, catch up with the Colorado Avalanche, and I'm going to pick the Dallas Stars to beat Colorado in seven games in the second round series. I like Dallas. I think they're a really good team. I think they're well coached, and I think Dallas will beat Colorado in seven to get back to get to a conference final, which means Edmonton versus Dallas in the conference final. Edmonton finished with more points, so Edmonton will have home ice. Edmonton will defeat Dallas to get to the Stanley Cup final. Six games, a really good run for Dallas, a positive pause one. Peter DeBoer, another really long run in the postseason, who's just he's a postseason coach. He finds ways to have success. But, again, there's just something about this Edmonton team that I truly believe is going to break through and have success. And hell of a run for Dallas. But that means we get Edmonton versus Dallas in the conference final. Sorry, Edmonton versus the Rangers in the Stanley Cup final. Pick the ranges before the year. And I don't like to go off of back off of predictions. But sometimes when you watch a full season and you see the way teams play, you have to. I believe the drought, the Stanley Cup playoff Canadian drought is going to end this year. There hasn't been a Stanley Cup won from a Canadian team since 1993, the Montreal Canadiens. I think it ends this year, and I think the Edmonton Oilers are going to win the Stanley Cup. Their structure, their players, and the motivation behind Connor McDavid, Leon draisaitl they want this so damn bad. And they're oddly giving me vibes of Mark Messier in New York in 1994. I just look at the team and I think they they so desperately want this title. They don't want to be known as losers anymore. They want to get over the hump. They want to win a championship. And I think they will. I have belief in this team. They're built different. Their structure is different. Their team look is just it's just a different club than it used to be. So give me... The New York Rangers give me the Edmonton Oilers beating the New York Rangers in the Stanley Cup Final come June. So that's the playoff preview. Likely all wrong. Nah, probably not. I usually don't get NHL wrong. Pretty, pretty good when it comes to that. But I think it's going to be a fun postseason, and it's pretty wide open. A lot of fun first round series. The first round's my favorite starting tomorrow night I love the first round if you want to get a hold of me wait you know wait till July because play when the playoffs start with how, any playoff sport like I'm just I'm you know I I pick another day and I'll probably get back to you then but it's it should be a ton of fun I'm looking forward to it all starts tomorrow night Be back on the podcast tomorrow. A lot to break down from the weekend, NBA postseason, fun UFC card last night, some NFL news, some other NHL news and notes when it comes to firings and things of that nature across the league. So we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in today. Let's get ready for the postseason, everybody. It's to the point.